Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello, and welcome to my United States listeners and my listeners across the globe. This is Fantastic Tuesday, and I hope you're having a great day. I want to welcome you to the Transformation for Success show. And if you're listening for the first time, Transformation for Success is designed to challenge and inform you each week with interesting and knowledgeable special guests from many areas of expertise with powerful engaging transformation for success stories. The show airs each Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Standard Time on the Empowerment Channel and on the Women's Channel on Fridays at 12 noon. Now today, I want you to know you can call in the show live at 1-888-346-9141. Or you can email me because I love to have those emails coming in and appreciate hearing from you and your feedback. So you can email me at info at transformationforsuccess.com. I welcome your feedback. Well, today, my guest, Miss Victoria Huff O'Brien, and I are going to discuss some of the challenges today with elder care for our aging population and some of the work she's done as a woman who's been on a mission for many years to help transform the lives of the elderly and more recently as founder and president, CEO of the happy executive. So stay tuned as she's going to share her early journey, which led her to do much of the work she's doing today. So let's give a big welcome to my guest, Victoria Huff O'Brien. Hello, Victoria. Hi, Dr. B. How are you? I am so fantastically wonderful. (laughs) And I'm excited to have you on the show. And thank you for agreeing to be on the show today. But I want to share a little bit about this amazing woman with my audience. Number one, Victoria Huff O'Brien is an executive success coach who is a published author of several outstanding articles on elder health care, and more recently, an author of the book, The Road to Success, a volume, uh, I think it's a second volume with Jack Canfield. She's going to talk about that a little later. And she's speaker and a success workshop leader for students and corporate events. She's a success coach, and she says, for those who are willing to listen and accept accountability, So, and Victoria is also founder of the Happy Executive, and she's a certified senior advisor with a documented history of building businesses from ground zero, most recently in the healthcare arena. So again, Victoria, welcome. I know my listeners are waiting to hear some of your success journey today, so, and some of the success tips you're going to share about your work that you've been doing with the aging population more recently as a happy executive. So tell me a bit about yourself. Well, Dr. Beeg, I was raised in Wheeling, West Virginia. I was I was born in Pittsburgh, and my parents adopted me, so I spent my childhood years all the way through college in, in West Virginia, and uh, then at that point, after I graduated, I uh, left and started building my career in Ohio, and now I've been in Illinois since mm-hmm. 1992. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Illinois is happy to have you, I'm sure. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. So well, I know lovely Midwest area. Well, tell me, uh, I know that you uh, actually, in 2008, you began building this multiple award-winning private duty caregiving agency. So I want to know a little bit about how did you get involved in this? And was this something that happened early on in your childhood that you had sort of a, a calling, as I call it, for the elderly? How did that happen for you? Well, it, it was a calling. I always felt the need to uh, participate. I liked going to nursing homes when I was in Girl Scouts and 4-H, and I always felt uh, comfortable, you know, visiting, uh, visiting the elderly. And then it was uh, when I was in college uh, that I, you know, if I heard anything about elder abuse or people not treating their elders appropriately. Uh, It was just a burning desire in me to do something to be their advocate, uh, to help them, to maybe help them 
speak if they, you know, if they aren't able to uh, verbalize that, uh, to make them smile. Um, because I feel that uh, so many times the elderly may be just left alone. Uh, you know, maybe their family members are working. Uh, maybe they're just, you know, they choose to isolate themselves. Um, but, you know, I, I've always learned from uh, from the elderly as well. I uh, love listening to their stories uh, because uh, there are many, you know, with age comes wisdom. And I believe that uh, we, you know, as, as a, a, a younger generation, uh, we should definitely learn from our elders and respect our elders uh-huh. instead of uh-huh. talking down to them. You know, it is interesting because um, I have noticed, you know, I have a grandson who has an affinity for elderly people. And that's why I was asking, mm-hmm. was this something, you know, early on that you recognize as a young child? Uh, this propensity towards, you know, the elderly. And and it's not unusual, but yet again, it is unusual to see young children, you know, care for an elderly uh, or just, and maybe not even a relative. So that's why I was fascinated about that. Now, you went to college, and did you major in something that was related to elder care? No, I didn't. I actually majored in business. I, I majored in business and, and marketing, uh, and I spent my time, my free time before I had children, I spent my time volunteering uh, either with the elderly or with the special needs population. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's interesting how you majored in business. Do you find that that was probably a stair step for you uh, in uh, doing what you're doing today? Definitely. Yes. Yes. I knew that I wanted to, you know, I didn't uh, know exactly what I was going to be doing. Uh, you know, when I, when I got out of college, I, I had narrowed it down and decided that I was going to do something in sales. So, um, because again, you know, I was uh, single and I knew that I wanted to be able to support myself, and build a successful career. Okay. Well, one of, one of the things uh, I wanted to ask, you know, because you've stated in many of your articles that our world is changing. Uh, in particular, a population shift is happening, and it's continuing. It's going to reshape our society as we begin to deal with declining birth rates, you said, and increased longevity, so that we're going to be faced with a crisis. So one of the things that, share a little bit about what your findings have been about uh, the aging and what's happening from an empirical basis as well as an emotional perspective. Well, you know, every day people are turning 65, and with with those changes, comes some health challenges. And uh-huh. so to your point, you know, with, uh, it, you know, I, I view it as an upcoming a- epidemic because the fact that if, uh, if we don't prepare for, uh, for the care that is needed by, you know, from our elderly population, uh, we are going to be in a very difficult situation and it is going to affect you know, affect us and the the family members emotionally and physically, uh-huh. financially, um, because if if our elders cannot um, pay for their care, and uh-huh. then you know, in so many cases, the family members take on that responsibility, and as as we know, the the financial status of of many in this world are, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, uh, the breakdown of an appliance can, can cause a financial struggle if they are, you know, if they are um, facing some different financial challenges, uh, you know, they could be putting, you know, three children through college, so their, their finances could be very limited, and, uh, and then to throw on top of it an additional fee, which, 
you know, hourly rates, if, if someone was going to hire a caregiver, they may be anywhere from, you know, uh, uh-huh. for an agency base, 20 to $30 an hour. So depending on the level of care that is needed uh, for their, their loved one, it's, uh, it can really put a big strain on, on their budget and in some cases would not uh, even permit, uh, you know, they wouldn't have the funds to pay for the care, then that means that uh, the family would have to look into a uh, facility uh, uh-huh. or uh, spending down assets to, uh, to qualify the patient for Medicaid. Well, you know, um, I know from personal experience uh, that uh, it is a challenge at best. And one of the things that I know um, when uh, you had uh, an agency or you had several uh, for many, many years, what do you think was the biggest challenge for not just the caregiver, but the person who is the, you know, the loved one or the spouse of that person uh, that's being cared for? My husband, uh, for example, had uh, dementia, which is diminished capacity for several years. And I was the primary caregiver for him, but I had to work uh, as well and continue to work. And, and, and of course, I made up in my mind, I would never put him in a, in a home or anything. But tell me from your, when you started your business, what actually got you engaged with starting a business of having home care for the elderly? It was, it was the experience that uh, my father and I had with my mother. Uh-huh. Uh, she, had, uh, she had a very unusual uh, case of, of um, dementia as well, but hers was drug-induced. And uh, it took about 30 days to diagnose her. Uh, what they ended uh-huh. up diagnosing was vasculitis, systemic vasculitis that occurred from a drug reaction. So what happened was, you know, I was out of state. So that is always a big challenge when, uh, when the loved ones that, uh, you know, family members, when they are across state lines, it's even more difficult because, you know, it doesn't allow them to get their eyes on their loved one every day. Uh-huh. Now, nowadays, you know, there's FaceTime. Uh, that some people can use, but uh, but when my mother was ill, okay. I want to know one of the things um, that you talk about is that with elder care, you know, in your articles, what did you find out in terms of some of the challenges that you feel that society should be concerned about? Uh, so he was in, you know, in fair health, but he also had, uh, you know, he had cancer that he had been battling for several years. Uh, so, but he did, you know, step into that role and was happy to do whatever he could to uh-huh. help my mother. Uh, we would spend, you know, many times, uh, you know, consulting each other and consoling each other on the telephone. Um, but I saw how tough it was for, for my father um, uh-huh. because, you know, my, my mother, uh, you know, had to learn to walk again. Um, because she had the, you know, diminished uh, capacity. Uh, not only, you know, did she have to, um, you know, get therapy, uh, physical therapy, but uh, she she had to, uh, like I said, learn to walk again. And uh, the the nerves and the blood vessels were inflamed from the vasculitis, so that caused her to be in bed for several weeks. Mm-hmm. So so it was. Um, it was difficult for me to see the toll that it took on my father as well. Uh, you know, I tried to do what I, ca- I could from uh, from a distance. I uh, was uh, just recently had recently been married. Uh, uh-huh. and my, my mother got sick within five months of our mar- of our wedding. So. I began traveling back and forth. I was working in corporate America then, uh, so uh-huh. I would try to schedule weekends uh, if I had a business trip out east so that I could spend some extra time with them and, and give my father a break. Um, but I had, you know, I, I wished that uh, we would have known or, or had uh, found 
a caregiving agency, you know, some some place that would have been able to help us to help uh, relieve my father. Uh, we didn't, at the time, didn't know that anything like that existed. I mean, we knew about home health, uh, because, but we didn't know about uh, about caregiving services. Well, you know, this is very, very interesting, and I appreciate your sharing and being very authentic about that, Victoria. And we're going to take a quick little break, and I want you to stay tuned, listeners, because we're going to be right back with my guest, Victoria Huff O'Brien. So stay tuned. We've got a lot more to talk about. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within. But many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney, and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Hi, I'm Sam Nussbaum, WellPoint's Chief Medical Officer. We proudly support the March of Dimes mission to improve the health of babies fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs that help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together to provide children with a healthier start in life. Visit marchofdimes.org. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, hello there, and welcome back today with my guest, founder, president, CEO of the Happy Executive, Victoria Huff O'Brien, who's also an executive success coach and a published author on several outstanding articles on elder health care. More recently, author of a great book with Jack Canfell, The Road to Success. So, Victoria, welcome back. I'm so excited, and thank you again for sharing about your personal experiences and dealing with uh, elderly and now, I want to get back to something really important uh, because uh, you have been able to make a significant contribution in your number of articles that you have written about elder care. And one of the things today, I wanted to be able to share with our listeners some of the findings and some of the success tips that you have uh, outlined in your articles and as well as in the book that's coming out with Mr. Canfield. So will you discuss some of those with us today? please? <laughs> of course. Yes, I, I would be happy to, uh, to discuss some of those. You know, I, I really think the, uh, the, first, the first thing that people can do is choose the bright side of things, you know, choose to find the happy. Uh, you know, so many times we are around uh, sadness I mean, I've seen it, obviously, in uh, my uh, caregiving agency. There were some sad moments. There were some very happy moments. Um, but we need to choose 
to find the happy mm-hmm. every day. Uh, you know, that also uh, brings to, uh, to uh, just the productivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we, we talk about employees, and because in, uh, in the situation when you don't have employees that are working side by side each other, uh, it's really important that they are knowledgeable and they take responsibility for, you know, 100% responsibility for their actions and their happiness. Uh, because not only can uh, the employer do things to, uh, you know, to en- encourage and, and uh, make the employees happy, um, but it's also up to the actual employee to, uh, you know, to um, be grateful, practice uh, gratitude every day. That's mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that I believe in. Uh, and have done so with my gratitude journal that I started actually uh, back in 1998 when my mother was uh, sick. So I wanted to I, I wanted to be able to write. Writing journaling is something that uh, helps uh, many deal uh-huh. with stressful situations. Mm-hmm. So it was it was uh, very uh, wonderful for me to um, be able to journal at the time uh, the the um, you know very wonderful times that my mom and I had together uh, mm-hmm. you know during her illness and uh, you know it was it's something that uh, that that I cherish because we had a very special relationship. Well, let me let me back up a bit too because I may have jumped ahead of time ahead of uh, my listeners on you. You founded the Happy Executive. Why did you find uh, you know why did you found this particular group called the Happy Executive? And what exactly did you want to accomplish? Because I jumped into productivity and workplace, so I want to had to find the happy. So uh, with the Happy Executive, what is it that you want the listeners to know about why you founded it, and then what is your purpose and what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. B, I found a need back in 2014. It was very clear to me. Uh-huh. I had been working with families for the uh-huh. for six years at that time, and what I was able to identify was that many executives and corporate individuals that were coming to us to um, honor us with allowing us to help them with their loved one's care. Uh-huh. They were having a very difficult time establishing harmony in okay. their life or reestablishing mm-hmm. harmony mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. between the many balls that they were juggling, uh, mm-hmm. you know, between caring for their children, themselves, a career, and uh, their aging parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and that's and that's plausible, and that is a reality. Um, and mm-hmm. I know, again, I'm speaking from personal experience. Uh, and a lot of times, did you find that there was anger? Uh, you know, although it's subliminal, but there was that sort of anger that I, I'm now having to juggle this, um, and and not take it out on the loved one, but it sort of becomes internalized, and then they begin to falter because I'll share this with you and with the listeners when I first uh, learned that my husband was diagnosed with dementia and I went to one of the work groups uh, that the doctors advised me to attend one of the workshops of a group encounter and when I listened to 25 people around the room describe their what they were doing and their loved ones care and what was happening I tell you it was the first time in my life that I actually felt like wow just I felt like I was facing this blank wall as to what do I do because it's it's long term. There are no there's no cure, uh, and it's going to go from this stage to the next stage, which seems to be progressively worse until you know that person uh, transitions. So I can tell you that there was the love, but then a little bit of anger. Why does this happen to me? And so I'm wondering if there are people who are out there who are feeling that way. And you don't want to take it, you know, out on the loved one, for gosh sakes. But there's that an internaliz- internalization that happens. And also what I found out, Victoria, was that 20-some percent, and it may be a higher percentage, of the caregivers die before the patients. 
And I know you've, you've explored that. And so the happy executive, you founded it to help those corporate people or people who are executives or professionals to find that balance. Am I correct? That harmony? Yes. <laughs> yes. That balance. Okay. That, you know, I don't, I, I question uh, myself, Dr. B, if the balance even really exists. That was something that, uh, that uh, when I worked in corporate America, we heard a lot about that. We had a lot of training. Uh, you know, I do believe mm-hmm. that boundaries definitely uh, serve, serve us well. You know, mm-hmm. the, the different boundaries that we have to, uh, that we have to be aware of. And uh, even though we are caring for our loved ones, we must, we must first take care of ourselves. Because when we are taking care of ourselves, it's just like that old adage that that we all mm-hmm. grew up with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it, you know, when when we are taking care of ourselves, then we are also, you know, making things better for all of us. Uh, you know, all of those mm-hmm. around us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like you said about, you know, I I see a lot. Uh, you know, it's it's a mindset. Mm-hmm. And uh, some may feel that they are a victim, mm-hmm. a victim mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. situation, uh, and they can be frozen uh, by, you know, and just, just uh, paralyzed, so to speak, emotionally, uh, because they feel that they are looking at that blank wall, you know, or their back is mm-hmm. in the corner and because of circumstances. And let's face it, we all have circumstances that uh, some are, are out of our control. So the best thing that, uh, that we can do is honoring those and understanding mm-hmm. that, but taking mm-hmm. 100% responsibility. Because if we don't like the outcomes, then we need to, we, we need to uh, change our responses to the events that are occurring right. in our lives. Right, right. There's one other thing I want to bring up while we're talking about this. It's just We're just having this little discussion on the couch, and I've got a lot, a lot of challenges here that I want to share with you that I feel some people are out there working with. You Were you an only child uh, of uh, in your, with your parents? Were you an only child? I was, yes. Okay. I was an only child. And the reason why child. I ask that question is because oftentimes uh, when there's care for the elderly, uh, there isn't always just one child. There are other family members. And so my, my challenge or my question is the scenario of oftentimes all the family members are not participating. So you here you are the trying to help this professional, this executive. And a lot of times they're not helping. And it's burden. it's a burden on one person to share that responsibility for all of them. And it is not fair that that one person has to be dependent upon one person and and sometimes will get into an argument or, or about the care of that elderly person. So do you have something you can suggest or has that come up? Well, it's come up many times, uh, you know, because and it's, it's a very common occurrence where Let's say that there may be three or four siblings. Uh, generally speaking, just because of distance and because of certain circumstances, the care usually or the responsibility falls on the ones that the siblings and uh, children that are closest to the parents, meaning uh-huh. in distance-wise. And uh, in a lot of cases, uh, you know, I've seen, you know, data that I've uh, read and my own personal experience, uh, you know, I'd say about 60% the uh, responsibility for, uh, for you know, making sure that uh, mom or dad gets what they need, making uh-huh. sure that uh, the caregivers are hired, uh, you know, about 60% falls on the females in the family. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then... Uh, they, you know, and that is if it is their, their parents or even if they are, you know, the in-laws. Uh, so, uh-huh. and sometimes that, that is the case because, you know, they may be, um, they, they may not be working outside of the home. 
so they are, you know, able to step up and take that responsibility um, because, you know, that in turn becomes, you know, part of their, their daily activities. Uh-huh. But uh, the, risk, the risk is that uh, that uh, family member that is taking on the majority of that responsibility obviously can get burned out. Uh-huh. You know, one of, um, one of the most poignant examples that I can share is there was a corporate executive that had been for four years taking care of her, uh, her in-laws. And, you know, every day after five o'clock, she went over there and then she spent, she was there till about nine o'clock at night and then uh-huh. went home. And that was her life you know, five days, five days a week. Uh, and uh, then, uh, you know, fortunately, uh, we were given the opportunity to care for, you know, help make it a little bit easier on her. Uh-huh. Because, uh, you know, the burnout, I mean, she had not been, she did not take, you know, didn't go work out. She had a very limited time uh, for, you know, for fun and, and relaxation. Uh, because, because she was, you know, she was uh, mm-hmm. the primary caregiver. Wow. Well, when when you founded the Happy Executive, your goal, as I as I'm understanding it, was to go into corporations and are to help professionals, mostly executives, I guess, or professionals who are working with an aged parent and are taking care of them. Because what you've also stated in one of your articles is that. The survey results confirmed that nine out of 10 Americans 65 years or older want to reside at home for the duration of their lives. So they prefer to have that independence. So here is the executive or the personal professional working with the care of a mother or grandmother or wife or the opposite uh, spouse. And you are helping them to find that balance of working with an aged parent and being productive and happy. Do I have it right? <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. Yes. Okay. So what do you think uh, is the most profound link between happiness and productivity? Because I have some views about happiness. <laughs> and so what mm-hmm. do you think, um, from your perspective, Victoria, is that profound link between that happiness and productivity? And particularly, I've got an aged parent and I'm, you know, I'm working. So what's that link that you've discovered? Well, I I believe that uh, choosing the happy uh, is is not only uh, you know satisfying and, and you know gives us a little bit of a, a, a lift, obviously, because you know it makes us um, it, it puts a little more spring in our step, um, but it helps us to manage and navigate through the rough waters and the stressful times. Uh, a lot of that, uh, a lot of the work that was identified. Oh, I'm sorry. Can um, a lot of the work was that I studied was um, in a in a book called Happier, mm-hmm. and uh, that was actually uh, one of the most successful courses, if not the most successful course at Harvard. And the the studies, you know, they talk about uh, boosting, you know, happiness boosters. And uh, those, those uh, you know, little reminders we can put in our phone, uh, we can, you know, we can uh, put, um, you know, put in our planner if we, if, uh, if you still use a, a written calendar or, you know, whatever it is that you use for your daily tasks. Um, because keeping that happy in front of you uh, will, will cause you to, you know, just deal uh, with the uh, not so good things, uh, you know, that, that, you know, come up and the challenges and uh-huh. will keep us focused on, uh, you know, what, you know, the tasks at hand and, and what, uh, what we need to do. Because, you know, if we can, if we can strive to be a little bit better, uh, uh-huh. a little bit happier, uh, you know, take those, those steps. Uh, forward, uh, you know, and take the action because I feel that uh, to your point about you know anger and resentment, Doctor B, that happens. I've seen it, uh-huh. and uh-huh. it's 
you know, it's um, because in a lot of cases it builds up because they may have been in line for a promotion at Uh work and they, before they started, uh, you know, delegating some caregiving responsibility, they have, they may have been taking a lot of flex time. You know, they may not have been as present at work, uh, you know, emotionally or Uh physically because they, they were, you know, trying to juggle all of the uh, responsibilities that, that go with, you know, having aging parents or, you know, taking care of, uh, you know, children, younger children, as well as, as, as aging parents. Um, because well, there's no... Oh. Thank you. But, Victoria, I'm going to have to take a quick break right now, commercial break, and we're going to be right back. So, listeners, stay tuned because we're going to be right back to tell us what does research tell us about happy employees? Are they more important? Are they more happy? And what about money? Does money always make people feel happy? We'll be right back. So thank you for listening. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. And I'm in a discussion today with my guest, Miss Victoria Huff O'Brien, and we're discussing some of the challenges today with elder care for our aging population. And, you know, I know some of you listeners out there saying, well, it's not me, but you're going to get there <laughs> one day. But amazingly, she's done some terrific work uh, and has been on a mission for years to help the elderly. And more recently, she founded the Happy Executive, where she's a founder president, CEO. So we're talking about how to get this these employees boosted with happiness and productivity, which is really a link. I think happiness and productivity, happy employees are more productive. Would you say that, Miss Victoria? <laughs> yes. Yes. I would definitely say that, that happy employees are more productive. You know, they're more motivated Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they are, um, you know, sharing in that in that common goal. Obviously, they have individual goals as well, but they they have that common goal, and uh, mm-hmm. it um, it contributes to the to the company's higher productivity, and that's um, that's important. I mean, it's it's uh, staggering to see that you know when when Gallup surveys, employees, you know, one of the recent surveys stated that only 13% of employees are engaged at work, meaning that the majority of the other workers Mm -hmm. don't Mm -hmm. really enjoy their work. They're just kind of going through their motions. Well, tell me, Victoria, how do you see, uh, when you're working with these companies, how do you see the corporate world or the companies uh, tying into what it is you want to do? Basically, you want to help people within these organizations reignite their personal, spiritual, and business powers. How do you accomplish this? And what do you want the companies or corporations to do to help you accomplish that? It really starts at the top of their leadership chain. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and by working with that top leader, mm-hmm. then we're able to identify some goals and uh, personal accomplishments that that leader wants to uh, take on. And then from that point, uh, what has worked well is then, you know, bringing, having that top leader bring in some other key players. And then from that point, you know, we are able to identify and maybe work in different silos within the corporation, different departments, mm-hmm. or uh, so that uh, we can spread that happiness factor. And it really comes down to, you know, to listening to uh, what's, you know, what's going on and what, uh, what can, you know, what can make them, uh, what can make them happier. Um, but as we discussed earlier, Dr. B, it's, it's not just the company that needs mm-hmm. to take on this task. It's also the company engaging the employee so that uh, the employee can also take responsibility and agree to, uh, you know, to, um, you know, choose more happy to uh, find, you know, three, three things that they're grateful for with their, with their uh, job. And I know that, uh, you know, many times, you know, it's, uh, they, they may have different roles that they play. If they're in a management program, there may be some roles that uh, they really resonate with and other ones that uh, may not be their favorite, you know, or their, you know, their, their cup of tea. However, uh, it's through those experiences and looking at the good in those that can help, you know, propel them forward. And, you know, let's, we, we all know that uh, if, um, you know, if, if the individual isn't happy, all of those around them are, you know, the, the um, mindset is contagious, right? So if, if a department manager is very unhappy, uh, then, you know, that the team, you know, we could look at the numbers and, and in a lot of cases, see that uh, the numbers can back up that um, the unhappiness factor. Now, I want to ask this question: when uh, when we talk about the the happy executive, and we talk about what you're doing, we are moving away from aging. We're moving away from uh, that whole aspect. Am I right? Of care for That's the correct. elderly and aging, we're moving into another genre. Are we? Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Clear, uh, because you were at one time in uh, the care for the elderly. Now you're transitioning into something else that you believe to make people more happy and productive. Uh, does that in any way tie in with aging, or are we just out of aging completely? <laughs> well, we, you know, I, I, like you said, I am transitioning because. I was doing, uh, I was the executive director of a caregiving agency that I built uh, from ground zero for the last 10 years. So at this point, I am transitioning those clients to a different agency, and I am just going to be working 100%. Uh, with uh, the happyexecutive.com to help, uh, to help executives and uh, people that are looking to, uh, you know, to, to really take the next step in their career and in their life. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I feel is important is when, when we're doing an inventory, uh, you know, sometimes these... Um, these things in our life, uh, in our past, uh, you know, can be holding us back. And they, the, some of those things may be subconscious. We may not even be aware of those. So that is why it's important to, uh, you know, to be able to uh, take inventory and, and uh, be, you know, be, be ready to not only, uh, you know, look, do the self, introspection, but also, uh, you know, be able to identify a plan uh, because we can't, you know, we can't get to where we want to go if, um, you know, if, if we're not willing to 
to take action. I mean, talking about it is mm-hmm. not going to make it happen. Absolutely. You have to have a plan. So yes. what is it you want the listeners to learn today? Well, I would like the listeners to to start practicing gratitude every day. If if they don't already do that, uh, one of the ways that they can do that is is just by uh, you know journaling or grabbing a notebook and uh, being you know writing down three three things that they're especially grateful for today. And I find that when uh, you know when you're going through a rough time uh, when you know when when the day may not be the best by just reflecting on those they could even you know keep those in their phone if they wanted to uh, you know it will remind them and uh, bring that top you know to the top of their minds of uh, what you know w- what it really you know what it really uh, what really matters uh, you know because because it's uh, you know a very noisy world sometimes that we live in, and especially when we are uh, you know uh, responsible for many you know many agenda items, uh, we may be responsible for teams, large huge teams of people, as well as our you know family members at home and friends. We we need to make sure that. We are taking care of our of ourselves and celebrating, you know, the the things and people that we're grateful for. Uh, you know, taking that time instead of just going through the motions. What have been some of your greatest challenges, and how did you overcome them yourself? Well, you know, my some of my greatest challenges were. You know, I was a very shy. I was very shy, more of an introvert. And I felt, you know, when I was younger, especially, I was always seeking approval. Mm-hmm. Like I always felt that I wanted to uh, seek approval. And uh, so I learned over over the years and stepping into different leadership roles, uh, 4-H, uh, the 4-H clubs were very and very big as far as my development uh, because I was able to uh, to learn and, and speak more and and really find you know what what it was that propelled me forward you know what motivated me like uh, the you know the helping the elderly uh, and uh, you know taking a leadership role in uh, corporate America and, and um, building businesses um, but it was it was when I decided and uh, found that, you know, I, you know, seeking approval from others and being more of a people pleaser, um, I had a really difficult time uh, saying no, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as a volunteer. Oh, you know, I, you know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. sure you can relate to that. You know, if you're like, oh, can you? Uh, can you take on this class and can you lead this group at church? You know, so, you know, it wasn't until I learned to say no to, to find that, you know, that harmony within my life of what's too much. Uh, and like we said about the boundaries, mm-hmm. I found that, that uh, number one, uh, you know, I, I couldn't help people uh, you know, whether it be, you know, in business or in, in volunteering, if I was behind the curtain. So I learned to <laughs> step in front of the curtain and uh-huh. still, you know, still be, uh, you know, still be uh, humble, um, but to be able to, to step into that uh, leadership role. Because, you know, if, you know, so many times, uh, you know, we, we may as women, I believe that uh, we can self-sabotage ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of it may be because we're afraid of, uh, you know, of self-promotion. Oh, you know, someone's going to think, oh, my gosh, you know, we're tooting our own horn. and Or uh, or we're afraid of making a mistake. Uh, you know, these are, these are common things, and some of them are just, you know, gender-related as women. Uh, we may also... You know, we may also think that, um, you know, it's just not, um, you know, we, we don't need to be 
uh, the loud ones or, you know, we need to take a back seat role or take, you know, let let someone else step in front in front of us. And it's really uh, just, a, you know, just a, a matter of, of making a choice. Well, you have overcome, um, that's for sure, to become that happy executive. And I really want to thank you for sharing today as we close the show. Gosh, this has been uh, such a day. And I really want to apologize, Victoria, for uh, concentrating a lot on the aged and the elderly care, because I know that speaks to your heart as well. But I want to wish you success with the happy executive and the work that you're doing to help people make that link with happiness and productivity. And so I want to thank you again for just being this amazing guest and for being authentic and transparent and letting us know that, you know, we all have been handed a destiny and our job merely is just to walk it out. So so I want you to uh, share just in the last little, well, we got a minute, that your book, The Road to Success with Jack Canfield, is an Amazon bestseller. And where can the listeners get that book quickly? Well, they can get the book on my website, thehappyexecutive.com. Okay. Thehappyexecutive.com. You can get that book. So, listeners, I want you to go out, get that, because it's really interesting, The Road to Success. And Ms. Huff O'Brien has a full chapter in that book. So, don't forget to get it. This is Dr. Barbara Young signing off until next week because guess what? We've got a lineup of guests coming up and you won't want to miss the show next week. So be inspired, be challenged, be encouraged, and forever transform. Thank you. And don't forget to listen to the show, download, and tell your friends. And email me at info at transformationforsuccess.com if you have comments or questions. Thank you and have a very blessed week. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week.